Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast of your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And this week, maybe one of those big questions is, why is the podcast late? And why is this file much shorter than normal? Well, dear listener, I very selfishly took a vacation this week. I know. I know. So, in place of a normal episode, we've got a little Easter special based on some stuff we put together for a different podcast we did years ago. So a couple of great songs from Lee and Jed and some special friends, a little Easter meditation from me to close out your holy week with a little extra credit there. And we'll be back next week with a regular show. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumble.com. Just remember, we love you, God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it.
Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, 
they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and I don't know where they put him. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. The Bible tells us that Jesus had cast seven demons out of Mary Magdalene. We know from other gospel stories that people who had been in Mary's condition were outcasts, sometimes literally, pushed out of town and away from communities. It's really no wonder that Mary followed Jesus around after he had healed her. Her life before must have been so lonely, contained so much hurt, had so little hope. But Jesus gave her hope. He not only healed her, he loved her. He treated her like a person. The word we translate woman is actually a very respectful term in Greek. I doubt Mary was addressed that way, or even by her name, much before Jesus started talking to her. Perhaps she used to be her, or that one, or some freak. But Jesus called her Mary. Maybe that's why that was the word that made her recognize him. Imagine finding out that the one who loved you, healed you, who was your hope, was gone. I guess it makes a certain type of sense that Mary walked to the tomb. Where else could she go now that he was gone? But he wasn't gone, and neither was her hope. Jesus sends a powerful message by having Mary be the one to tell the news of his resurrection. She still matters. She still has a place in this world and a role in his kingdom. Mary's hope was resurrected. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them, and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand 
and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I think Thomas kind of gets a bad rap. Doubting Thomas is a pretty rough nickname to get saddled with for thousands of years. Especially when Thomas was the one who, when the disciples were trying to talk Jesus out of going to raise Lazarus because it was too dangerous to go through Jerusalem, said, let us also go, that we may die with him. That doesn't sound like a doubter much to me. But even the bravest and most dedicated have times of doubt. It's one thing to believe a man claims to be God when you have seen him raise people from the dead, multiply food, calm storms, do so many miracles. But being asked to buy a second-hand account that a man you saw be crucified was up and walking around and talking to people, that's a bit out there. Jesus didn't berate or belittle Thomas when he appeared to him. He showed up and gave Thomas what he needed to believe. He reminded Thomas of what he had seen and who he knew Jesus was. Thomas's faith was resurrected. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it, and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, a hundred and fifty-three. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. 
you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. In Mark's gospel, he adds the detail that the risen Christ told the women to tell, quote, my disciples and Peter, that he was risen and would come to see them. Given that Peter's last interaction with Jesus was making eye contact after denying three straight times that he even knew Jesus, that probably didn't feel like good news. Peter always wanted to be the hardcore one. When the soldiers came to arrest Jesus, Peter was the one who, clumsily, swung a sword and lopped off one of the Roman soldiers' ears. When Jesus told the disciples that one of them would betray him, Peter's the one who boldly declared that he would never do such a thing. But when push came to shove, Peter folded and denied Jesus. And three times the risen Christ asked, Peter, do you love me? This was not the only reference to Peter's past in this story. Peter was in a boat fishing when Jesus first called him to follow and become a fisher of men. That changed Peter's whole life. He left his business, his family. He saw things and did things that he never thought possible. Then he threw it all away in a moment of weakness and fear. Or so he thought. For the second time... Jesus called Peter out of a fishing boat and told him to follow me. A clean slate. The failures of the past did not kill Peter's purpose in this life. He was still going to be the rock. He was still going to be a great follower of Jesus. His life itself had been resurrected. The resurrection was an event that happened almost 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem. But it's also something that's still happening. Jesus is still living, still working in us, still resurrecting. Jesus conquered sin and death then, and he's still conquering them today, in your heart and in mine. He is risen indeed. For accomplishment, then you know I wouldn't stand a chance. But you said you wanted failure, so here I am. If you were looking for intelligence, then you know I wouldn't stand a 
But you said you wanted me, so here I am. 